16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. What do you think about young people getting all of their information and entertainment from social media? I, I, I see no problem with it. <laughs> Why would you? It seems great. Uh, do, is, that, is that true? Uh, I mean, I don't know because, yeah, obviously. TV is dying. Don't, what? No, don't, <laughs> sir. Well, who, let me ask you a question. In, in your mind, seeing as I work in television, will I die first? Because if that's the case, I don't mind. But, uh, but don't, don't you still watch TV, but you just watch it in a, on your computer? On TikTok, on your phone. Right, but you understand that that's still TV. It's just you're watching it in a different uh, uh, delivery service. It's like heroin is heroin, whether you snort it or shoot it. It's... <laughs> It's still an opiate for the masses, as is television. You're just getting it in, in smaller bites, but it's, it's still, it's like, it's still TV. I, we make it. <laughs> Unless, you have the look on your face like, this poor boy. <laughs> if he only knew the business he was in. Well, I, I hope we don't die quickly, but, and stay. And you're here, and we're making TV for you tonight. <laughs> I got to tell you something. These uh, folks who work here at The Daily Show are making me look zaddy. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm your host, John Stewart, captain of this dying medium. Why would you even say that to me? What a gentleman tell me tonight. He said, uh, oh, I'm so happy to be here. You know your television is dying. <laughs> I said, I, I am aware. And in fact, I'm contributing to it. You're welcome. Uh, I did have such a good time last week doing the program, and, uh, and then everybody uh, Comedy Central was like, oh, what are you going to do this week? And I was like, wait, this week? <laughs> I, I did already. I did it Monday. What am I, a cyborg? Come on. But I don't mind because, quite frankly, the response to the first show last Monday was universally glowing. 
John Stewart is facing massive backlash from Democrats over his comments about Joe Biden. Oberman tweeted, well, after nine years away, there's nothing else to say to the both side fraud. John Stewart bashing Biden, except please make it another nine years. Christy Jackson tweeted, sorry, but I won't be watching you either. Okay. Maybe not universal. Well, that was on Twitter. Everything on Twitter gets a backlash. I've seen Twitter tell Labradoodles to go f*** themselves. <laughs> Labradoodles. I just think it's better to deal head-on with what's an apparent issue to people. I mean, we're just, we're just talking here. And Mary Trump tweeting, not only is Stewart's both sides are the same rhetoric not funny, it's a potential disaster for democracy. It's one f***ing show! It was just one f***ing show! It was 20 minutes! I did 20 minutes of one f***ing show! But I guess as the famous saying goes, democracy dies in discussion. But look, I have sinned against you. I'm sorry. It was never my intention to say out loud what I saw with my eyes and then brain. I can do better. I can have learning. I can have it. But I don't even know where to start with that. Where do I go to study the particulars of unquestioning propaganda? I would need mentorship. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Saints be praised. <laughs> For Professor Tucker, Aloysius Mayflower, Kenny Bumpsport, Batgammon Carlson III <laughs> has arrived. What is step one in delivering world-class fealty to power? Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Lie about what your job is. <laughs> we're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Lie about what your duty <laughs> is. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Kudos, sensei. That was deep. I have much to learn. Disguise your deception and capitulation to power as noble and moral. <laughs> and based in freedom. Yes, master. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, as a student, when you're sitting there interviewing Putin and you don't plan to challenge his utter bullshit, but you don't want to really be that obvious, what do you do with your face? Oh, I see. Uh, okay, so it's not really a straight face uh, as much as you try to convey a mixture of what appears to be shame, arousal, and I'm going to say irregularity. For instance, uh, like you're constipated while jerking off to a Sears catalog. Been there, haven't you? 
and guy up there saying, like, well, the lingerie ads were... Now, obviously, uh, uh, Tucker's strategy is going to work when there's some ambiguity in what Putin says. But what if Putin starts saying shit like, World War II was Poland's fault because they forced Hitler to invade them? I mean, what do you do with something like that? That's going to be hard. After World War I, this territory was transferred to Poland, and instead of Danzig, a city of Dansk emerged. Hitler asked them to give it amicably, but they refused. Of course. <laughs> of course! You know, it's so hard to do when your face says, what the f***? And your mouth says, of course! It's, it's, a... it's so hard to hold. How do you... All right. How do you do that? By the way... Poland started World War II? Why would a country whose navy has submarines with screen doors want to instigate a war? <laughs> Quick history lesson. <laughs> Years ago, for reasons nobody is really sure of, a stereotype emerged that Polish people were inept in various ways, including, obviously, submarine manufacturing, and even something as simple as the changing of a light bulb. I don't know actually how many Polish people you think it takes to change a light bulb, but it's certainly less than the conventional wisdom at that time would tell you. <laughs> now, we know that Polish people are as smart as anyone and certainly did not deserve to be invaded by the Germans, who, of course, accomplished that by marching in backwards, so the Poles thought they were leaving. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'd like to give you a little bit of dumb. <laughs> well, this has been an incredible primer into the delicate dance of speaking, of course, to power. <laughs> Tell me, Tucker, does this masterclass include field trips? How does Russia have a subway station that normal people use to get to work and home every single day that's nicer than anything in our country? There's no graffiti, there's no filth, there's no foul smells. That's a f nice subway. That's a very... <laughs> Although, to be fair to the New York City system, uh, it was constructed in 1904 out of urinal cakes <laughs> by the great engineer Giuseppe Pisa Everywhere. <laughs> but point taken, it's a very nice subway. But the subway, that's only one thing. So we thought it would be interesting to take a look at a contemporary, modern-day, 2024 Russian grocery store Ooh. Go on. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So I guess you put in 10 rubles here, and you get it back when you put the cart back. So it's free, but there's an incentive to return it and not just bring it to your homeless encampment. I know I've said this before. You're such a dick. <laughs> Truly, like, I didn't realize America's homeless problem is caused entirely by easy access to grocery carts. <laughs> I had all my stuff in my house, uh, but I didn't know I could just put it on wheels. It's so much easier. 
is the uh, grocery cart escalator. This is designed, I'm figuring this out now, where the wheels don't move, they lock on the grocery cart escalator. Look, Ma, no hands. Oh, oh, okay, okay, Forrest. An escalator for the grocery cart, and the doors open automatically. Oh, Mother Russia. Now, Russia is famous for its bread, which is one thing I can assess pretty well. Look at that. It's fresh, too. Look at that. Oh, come on. Mm. The guy really likes bread. Uh, I hate to think what would have happened if he had found a bagel. But hey, if being a free speech warrior means you have to bang the occasional sourdough, Nostrovia. But our time is limited. Could you drive home the purpose of your deception on this trip in the most cynical way possible, please? We didn't pay any attention to costs as we were just putting in the cart what we would actually eat over a week. And we all came in around 400 bucks, about 400 bucks. Um, it was $104 US here. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. Radicalized, <laughs> and it will radicalize you unless you understand basic economics. See, $104 for groceries sounds like a great bargain unless you realize Russians earn less than $200 a week. But that's the kind of context that a, what did you call yourself earlier? A journalist would have provided. But here's the reality. You f***ing know all this because you aren't as dumb as your face would have us believe. <laughs> Perhaps if your handlers had allowed, you would have seen there is a hidden fee to your cheap groceries and orderly streets. Ask Alexei Navalny or any of his supporters. In Vladimir Putin's Russia, political repression is everywhere. <laughs> and hundreds have been arrested for daring to honor Navalny so publicly. Right, because the difference between our urinal caked chaotic subways and your candelabra beautiful subways is the literal price of freedom. But the goal that Carlson and his ilk are pushing is that there's really no difference between our systems. In fact, theirs might be a little bit better. The question is, why? Why is Tucker doing this? Here's why. It's because the old civilizational battle was communism versus capitalism. That what drove the world since World War II. Russia was the enemy then. But now they think the battle is woke versus unwoke. And in that fight, Putin is an ally to the right. He's their friend. Unfortunately, he is also a brutal and ruthless dictator. So now they have to make Americans a little more comfortable with that. I mean, liberty is nice, but have you seen Russia's shopping carts? <laughs> and Tucker would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling assassins.
In a statement to the New York Times, Carlson said, quote, it is horrifying what happened to Navalny. The whole thing is barbaric and awful. No decent person would defend it. Correct. No decent person would. For more on, oh, please enjoy your talk. For more on Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin, we turn to our own Michael Costa. Michael, how... What an unbelievably embarrassing display of sycophancy from Tucker Carlson. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what that means, John, so I'm going to assume you loved it as much as I did. It made me think that these dictatorships have gotten a bad rap, which is why I've traveled here to North Korea, and as you can see, it's amazing. It looks, it looks like you're in a, a candy store. Well, I am, but this is what the entire country looks like, I'm told. It's a paradise of chocolate bars and sugar canes. I mean, John, check this out. This bucket of gummy worms here in Pyongyang, it costs a nickel. Do you know, have any idea how much this would cost me in the so-called United States? I don't know, like 20 bucks, I guess, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who can afford that besides capitalistic American pedophiles, okay? And just, and, and just look at the technology they have here, John. Check out this amazing contraption. You put, okay, you put a quarter, and look what comes out, a gumball. Oh. Death to America, John. You need to come home, Michael. Okay, well, I'd like to, John, but unfortunately, I renounced my citizenship in exchange for these gummy worms. Now, look, they made them sour on the outside, and on the inside, they're sweet. And until America comes up with that, all right, how, how do we say goodbye in our language? Michael Costa, everybody. Michael! 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The Dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's kick things off with Nikki Haley. She made a big announcement today, but it wasn't the one we were all expecting. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. <laughs> okay, we'll just wait another week then. 
do what you want, but it's not a good sign for your campaign if you have to keep announcing that you're not dropping out of the race. Nikki Haley's campaign has reached the guest who doesn't know when to leave the party stage. Republican voters are like, ooh, oh, God, I, I got to wake up early tomorrow. And Nikki's like, ooh, let's start a game of risk. And if this speech was supposed to convince people that she should stay in the race, I'm not really sure it did. We've all heard the calls for me to drop out. The argument is familiar. They say I haven't won a state, that my path to victory is slim. They point to the primary polls and say I'm only delaying the inevitable. Why keep fighting when the battle was apparently over after Iowa? Uh, she's making a really good case against herself. <laughs> they say my campaign is making everyone sad. That I'm a born loser whose own mother wouldn't vote for her. They claim I have a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes and I'm not even a movie. Anyway, what were we talking about? Although look, if Haley wants to stay in, it's her right. If her strategy is to just hope that Donald Trump goes to prison for life, she wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> game recognized game. Speaking of Donald Trump, it's been a week now since Russian dissident Alexei Navalny mysteriously died in prison after devoting his life to fighting Vladimir Putin's dictatorship. And Donald Trump honored him in the only way he knows how, by making it about himself. The former president, for his part, weighed in yesterday evening. What he did was he shared an opinion piece on his social media website that compares President Biden with Vladimir Putin and compares himself with Alexei Navalny. This is utterly disgusting, but I have to give Trump credit. I didn't realize he could make analogies. <laughs> He's got the double colons and everything. My little guy's ready for the SATs. <laughs> but yes, it is unacceptable to compare Navalny with Trump. Navalny sacrificed his life for democracy. Donald Trump tried to sacrifice Mike Pence's life to kill democracy. <laughs> you could not find two men who are further apart than these two. Now, if you're stupid enough to believe that Donald Trump is a courageous freedom fighter like Alexei Navalny, then good news. Trump has some perfume he'd like to sell you. New Trump-branded cologne. It's called Trump 47 with the former president's head at the top of the bottle. According to the website selling the cologne, it smells of a crisp opening of citrus blends into a cedar heart underpinned by a rich base of leather and amber. <laughs> The last time Trump was underpinned by a rich base of leather and amber, Amber had to sign an NDA. <laughs> also, I love the shape of that bottle. Is that cologne or a vibrator from hell? <laughs> the first vibrator that doesn't believe in the female orgasm. <laughs> Now, you might think that this perfume is just a quick griff to help Trump after he was hit with a $355 million judgment for fraud. And based on their ad campaign, you would be right. Confident, sexy, guilty of fraud. Introducing Victory 47, the new fragrance from Donald Trump that's definitely not a desperate cash grab. You want to smell like this. And now you can. Grab her by the nostrils. 
Donald Trump is an icon of grace and masculinity. Take a whiff of Victory 47. Ah, a scent that tells everyone, I want to help a millionaire pay off his rape lawsuit. Buy a bottle. Buy 10,000 bottles. Send Donald Trump money. He really needs this. Or get your condo. Victory 47 is now available next to the discount candy at your local CBS. Victory 47. Smelling this good should be illegal. And it probably is. is undignified for the front runner for president. Excuse me. Don't worry, it's not just perfume. Donald Trump introducing a new sneaker line at a shoe conference in Philly over the weekend. This is a big crowd. Appearing at SneakerCon in Philadelphia. We're going to remember the young people and we're going to remember SneakerCon. You're sneakerheads, right? The former president took today to promote a money-making deal having struck a naming rights agreement for a limited edition sneaker line, the most expensive pair in the series, selling for $399. That's the real deal. That's the real deal. Finally, a sneaker that won't make me feel bad when I accidentally step in shit. <laughs> Explore more shows from The Daily Show Podcast Universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central Podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.